listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there from Randy Rampage, Living on Borrowed Time. And that's from Randy Rampage of DOA's solo album from 1982. The track was Living on Borrowed Time. Bass and guitars, Randy Rampage. Drums, Chuck Biscuits. And solo guitar, Benny Doro from East Van Halen, now webmaster for KISS and also of the great KISS tribute band, Black Diamond. That was Randy Rampage with Living on Borrowed Time. Randy will not be performing tonight, though, at DOA's 30th anniversary show at the Commodore Ballroom. It's DOA Day Glow Abortions and the Transmitters tonight on the Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show. And last week, we had an interview, an interview with Joey Shedhead on an Nardwater Human Survey Radio Show. Of course, the DOA gig is tonight at the Commodore Ballroom. And we didn't have time for my interview with Jay-Z. So today on the Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show, Nico Case and Jay-Z. Yes, interviews with Nico Case and Jay-Z on the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. Here's Nico Case's first Vancouver, BC, Canada band, Mao, recorded live July 8th, 1996 on Thunderbird Radio L, live here on CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, with their song, Miss Lafitte. And then Nico Case, and then Jay Z. Now for Miss Lefevre. I need to <laughs> drink water for before this one. And the whistle. <laughs> and Where the did reading. that come from? <laughs> That's got to be bad. <laughs> it's like the guy in the sound booth You could is be reading. at a gig, or you could be at the bus stop. <laughs> <laughs> Or you could be leaning out the window of a, of a toll booth at the Coquihalla Highway. Yeah. It's the same thing. That's how I feel right now. So, give me your ten bucks, because we're going to play Miss LaFabra. Okay, you ready? <clears throat> yeah. One, two, three, four.
well, you know, you may hear some mistakes during that song, but I can't really sing and play drums very well. You know, I'm no Don Henley. Who are you? I am Nico Case. Nico Case, welcome to the Stanley Park Singing Exhibition. How the hell are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing good, Nico. So right off the bat, Nico, I'm wondering, are any of your Aquafan fans here at the gig? Are they coming out? What is Aquafan? Aquafan? Aquafan. What are Aquafans? Aquafan, that Aqua TV series did. Oh, the Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I don't know. I hope so. I hope there's some fans here for that show. Yeah, what can you (laughs) say about that? Like, that's really interesting. Uh, Is that a new fan base, Aqua Teen? I'm really hoping that 20-year-old stoner boys will be really into uh, my music now. (laughs) No, I don't know. Um, uh, We... Kelly and I got on the show because we were huge fans, and uh, a friend of ours heard us say that, and he works with the guy at the show. It's all nepotism, you see, but uh, they apparently were fans, and they said, hey, do you guys want to come in and be characters on the show? And we said, duh, yeah, we want to come and be characters on the show. So we ended up uh, with uh, John Crook, who is, uh, he used to play for the Phillies, uh, and he was very funny. But we were never actually in the studio with any of the people at the same time, which everybody wants to know. Was John Crook there? With his mullet, and we say no. But you were there. I'm just curious. Doing gigs, have you got any Aqua Teen fans that have come? Has anybody mentioned it yeah, at all people, to you? People come up sometimes, and they and they do mention it, which is pretty exciting. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the show. I'm kind of in love with that milkshake. I don't know why, but I kind of am. But the funny thing about that episode is that the Aqua Teens are actually not in the episode whatsoever. It's all about Carl, the neighbor, who is kind of awesome anyway, so... Well, speaking of teens and queens, the Stanley Park Singing Exhibition features Viz Queen. It does indeed, from Seattle. What can you say about Viz Queen and helping putting them on the bill? Um, well, uh, my friend Rachel Flotard started that band years and years ago, uh, you know, and they just rock. So I really wanted more ladies on the bill. And uh, we're all big fans of Viz Queen, and so they said, yeah, bring them. And they're playing tomorrow night, and you're playing tonight. Yeah. At Malcolm Bowl as part of the Stanley Park Singing Exhibition. Now, what's the difference, Nico, between Malcolm Bowl and Hollywood Bowl? Um, there's a lot more redwood trees here, and the weather is much more temperate. But other than that, it's still pretty big time. I thought that Malcolm Bowl is a one-third replica of Hollywood Bowl. That's what I heard. Is it? Wow. Well, Hollywood Bowl doesn't have that awesome uh, asphalt siding that a lot of Vancouver houses do, uh, but Malcolm Bowl does, which is kind of a plus. Now, I'm asking you about Hollywood Bowl because you played Hollywood Bowl with Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson. Well, Snoop Dogg wasn't there, but Willie Nelson was there, yes. Are you sure that Snoop Dogg wasn't there in spirit, well, perhaps? No, I'm not, I'm not sure because I, I can't. I didn't talk to everyone at the show, but I'm pretty sure because somebody would have said something. Hollywood Bowl is pretty legendary, though. It has, like, a rotating stage. What's that all about? Uh, Bugs Bunny played there. Like, that's the Warner <laughs> Brothers backdrop where Bugs Bunny goes, that's all, folks. So, <laughs> so I, I guess you can't top that. No, that's about as famous as you can get. I was also wondering, Nico Case, tell us a little bit about festivals. Here we are at the Malcolm Bowl Festival, the Stanley Park Singing Exhibition. You've played a lot of festivals, haven't you? For instance, yes. you've played Sasquatch. Yes, uh, several times with the new pornographers and with my own band and... Uh, been hailed off the stage quite biblically and uh, usually the show goes as planned though it was a huge amount of hail and you were the yeah. one on stage when that yeah, happened it was harsh it was a chickpea sized hail and there was lightning and all of our pedals had water in them and nothing broke though i couldn't believe it but nothing broke and then the sky cleared and then uh tragically hip went on and then you played Bumbershoot. You've played Bumbershoot. Yes, yesterday we played Bumbershoot. And it was in a stadium, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a stadium, and it was a beautiful day. It was the first time in forever that I've played outdoors in Washington State, and it did not rain, which I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. Now, another festival you played was Zoo Tunes. 
Yeah, Zoo Tunes. Uh, that was a while ago. That was like at Woodland Park in Seattle. Yeah, I decided not to do those anymore, though. I feel too bad for the animals. It felt bad. But you love animals, though. I do, and that's kind of why I didn't want to do it anymore. That was, the, that was the day Hurricane Katrina hit, actually. That was a very heavy day. Here you are at the Stanley Park Singing Exhibition. This festival, you're playing with the new pornographers, but at the, quote, Bluegrass Festival, you played with John Cougar Mellencamp? Yes, I did, actually. Um, that was <laughs> pretty funny. Um, he was a little shocked that I sang the backing vocals on some parts and punched me in the arm. <laughs> but, you know, I... Did you get to do any of his hits, so like R-O-C-K? Little, and... little Pink Houses, we did it. Wow. Yeah. In what context was that? Like, he didn't know you were going to be doing backup vocals? Or you just, how could you not? Well, no, T-Bone Burnett's band was backing him up, and I was playing with T-Bone Burnett's band. And uh, so he said, well, you should, we did, we rehearsed it. <laughs> and, uh, but apparently he couldn't hear me during the rehearsal because at the actual show, I went, uh, and there's losers. And he goes, <laughs> You got punched by John Cougar. Yeah, I mean, he was doing it in a nice way, but it was pretty funny. He was a really nice person. Another festival you played was the Festival of Faith and Music with Emmy Lou Harris. Yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting. It was a Christian college, which is something that we don't normally do, but it was cool. Got to see Emmy Lou Harris. I cried a bunch. And a couple weeks after this, you're going to be playing the Hideout Block Party. What's that? How does that differ from the Malcolm Bull experience we're having here? Well, it's actually kind of similar to the Malcolm Bowl experience, except for uh, it takes place right outside the front door of the hideout, which is kind of a legendary Chicago music institution in the same way that, like, Lounge Axe is legendary. But Lounge Axe closed down, sadly. So um, it's just a very local event. And you're playing with Black Mountain, who are playing tomorrow night with the pornographers. Yep, yep it's very exciting. Nico Case. it on the road. This is a lot of festivals you've played. You have a lot of experience know, at this, know, don't you? No. And it doesn't stop there. You also played, like, a Yukon Festival? Yeah, that's the funnest one ever, though. The Yukon Festival. Even better than the Stanley Park Singing Exhibition? Um, well, it's just because you go to the Yukon, right? And there's a tiny plane that takes you there, and there's a serrated marking around the door on the plane that says, cut here in case of emergency. Like, it's backwards. It's great. And then... And, Everybody in town comes, and it's just so surreal and great and friendly. But this is good, too. Nico Casey also played the noise pop with John Doe. I did. I did a terrible job, too. What did you do? What did you, how do you know you've done terrible? Well, I guess well, John Cougar punches you. Did John Doe punch you? Well, no, John Doe didn't punch me. Uh, but uh, I, don't, I don't know why John Cougar punched me. I think he was punching me like, hey, bro. But I'm not really sure. <laughs> but no, I How just... about John Doe? How did you do wrong? How could you do wrong, Nico? Well, we just didn't get a rehearse. Because uh, our steel player was supposed to come with me, but his mom was dying, and she ultimately passed away, which was very sad. And so it was very last minute. I don't know. I just did a bad job. I feel bad about that one. Nico, you're telling us all about festivals. Austin City Limits. What was that all about? That, that's a festival, that isn't it? That's huge. Yeah, that's a huge festival. That's like uh, on A&E. Like, you were on A&E. I wasn't on A&E, but I'm sure everybody else was. <laughs> Tom Petty was probably on A&E. No, I saw that's clips of you on A&E. Like, it, was oh, ran, it ran on A&E. Well, yeah. you know more than I do then, because I don't, I don't remember that, but... What's that? That's pretty prestigious, eh? The Austin City Limits? Texas Festival run by Austin City Limits, and um, there's a lot of bands at that thing. Oh, my God. It's huge. Uh, last time we played there, we got rained in. We had to stay there until 4 in the morning before we could be driven out of the festival because all the roads were closed, and Tom Petty played, and it was really awesome. What other festivals are you playing coming up there, Nico? 
That's a really good question. Uh, Austin City Limits Festival again, yeah. again, and uh, the Hideout Block Party, like you said. I don't think I have any other festivals. There's another one you have scheduled coming up, the Forward Music Festival. Where's that one? I'm not sure, but you're playing the Forward Music Festival with Killdozer. No way, really? Killdozer, who are famous for the song, You Call That Hamburger, I Can Make Better Hamburger With My Asshole. (laughs) And then the Young Fresh Fellows have the song, My Boyfriend Is In Killdozer. Oh, really? I forgot about that. It comes full circle. So you're playing with Killdozer. Is that one of the interesting matches, Nico Case, Killdozer? We've been trying to get together for years. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Nico, as you're traveling, playing all these fests, hitting the road, working hard, you've played the McLaren Pool. What can you tell people about that? That pool, like in Brooklyn, it's like a swimming pool? Well, I think the last McLaren Pool show actually happened the other day, and the point of those shows was to raise money to actually refurbish the gigantic public swimming pool, and so now they're making it a swimming pool, so mission accomplished. <laughs> so there was nobody actually swimming in the pool no, when you're playing? No, standing in the pool, and it was empty at the time, but have now ever, they will be swimming. Have you ever done a gig where people are swimming in the pool, like you're watching people swimming? You know what? I think the Hillside Festival in Guelph, you can see people swimming from the stage. I'm pretty sure. That's I, pretty cool, isn't yeah, it? it is. It is cool. Nico, I have to ask you, what yes. can you tell the people about this? This must be something that people are asking you. What is this? Nico Case uh, on a Starbucks cup. Well, they asked me if I would say something, and I said, I guess, and then they put it on the cup. What did you say on the Starbucks cup, Nico? I said, playing in an independent rock band will eventually make you equal parts truck driver, gladiator, and mule. Glamour is for those with trust funds. It's so embarrassing to read your own writing. <laughs> what sort of feedback have you had from that? Like, Nico Case on a Starbucks, Starbucks cup. People go, hey, I saw you on the cup. And then you go... Oh, yeah. I talked on the cup. <laughs> have you got the cup? Did they send you some cups at all? No. No, I have none of these cups. <laughs> have you gone into Starbucks and just by chance maybe come out? I don't drink coffee. That's why I don't remember that. But has the band done anything? Like, come on, Nico, we got to go to Starbucks to see if it's there. No, they don't care. And, of course, on the back is an ode to your famous band... Mao. Mao. Oh, they are. Still from the Miss Lefebvre video. <laughs> Aww. Wearing the skeleton jumper that British chanteuse Kate Nash has a skeleton jumper as well. And I was actually saying that you broke the skeleton did jumper I break, first. Did I break it? Yeah, the Miss Lefebvre tune. That was actually a skeleton Halloween costume even. Modified. It was, yeah, it was really skanky and it was fully, it was so polyester that uh, it was really difficult to wear because it made you sweat like a pig, but... It was fun. Also, it has a few naughty bits almost popping out there, yeah. Nico. I, it was a, a little... Um, Is that something you have to worry I about? I was younger and freer yeah. then. Do you worry about the naughty bits these days? Do you worry about the naughty bits these days? No, my naughty bits are old. Nobody wants to see them now. <laughs> Nico Case, you're used to dealing with the fans, though, quite a bit. In fact, mm. I have a quote here. I fell in love with Nico Case when at the New Pornographer Show, she settled a couple of song-requesting hecklers with the admonishment, why don't you shut up, you hipster indie snobs? I don't think I've ever said the words hipster indie snobs before. But that I was a great like, comeback if you did. If they were being mean, I would have told them to shut up. Have you had to do much of that with the pornographers? Because I think that's really cool. Not too much. Not too much. Most audiences are pretty nice. You don't usually have to get after them unless they say, show me your tits or something. And today's here at the Stanley Park Singing Exhibition. It's really cool because it's for a good cause too. ALS, right? Yes, there's ALS and the um, Urban Native Youth Center as well. Nico, how many times have you been on David Letterman and Conan and do they know you now? 
they do. Uh, they're kind of like, oh, it's you again. <laughs> oh, there's that one again. Um, yeah, well, mostly the staff kind of know us now. So, so how many times have you been on? Because you've been on not only as Nico Case, not only as new pornographers, but like with Ward. You were on with Ward. I don't know how many times. Maybe like six times? Six times of each? No, no, no. That would be like total. I think that'd be about six total, I think. How about Jay Leno? Only once on Jay Only Leno? Once on Jay Leno. What was that like on Jay Leno? Because that's that a bigger was, production, was, isn't it? Yeah, it was really fun, though. They were very nice. And uh, I brought my dog to the set. Uh, and uh, Jay Leno came in and spoke to my dog. <laughs> and then he left. But you're not allowed to be in the entertainer's lounge because apparently Green Day ruined that for everyone because they got drunk and ruined it. They got they had a bit of smash-up, apparently. So what happens in the entertainer's lounge? I don't know if that's true, but that's why they told us we were not allowed in there. I mean, Damn look at Green us. Day, eh? We're pretty wild people. <laughs> don't give us your cocktails, I guess. Nico, when you're up on stage there in the new pornographers, Blaine is up there, too, another Blaine member. indeed. Does Blaine have a Macintosh computer up there up on stage? Oh, yes, yes, he does. And a lot of times he has a uh, live feed to his living room so you can see his son looking in the camera. It's really funny. (laughs) As you're singing and playing. Yeah. Yep, there will be Vinny waving. It's pretty cute. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Nico Case, I was wondering about the magazine covers that you've been on. You've been on some really interesting magazine covers lately. For instance, you were on a cover of Fretz magazine. Was I? Yes, Fretz. Frets. Yeah, it's about like acoustic guitars. For my upper neck work. <laughs> Baboom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh-huh. you were on the cover of Fretboard Journal. Yeah, yeah. That was that was fun. That one. I mean, I got to nerd out about guitars. It was pretty good. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Like Frets and Fretboard Journal. You know, journal. Anything with Fret in it, I will be on the cover, no problem. And you were as well. You were in Poetry Magazine. Yeah, I did an essay for them about poetry. Like, that's pretty neat. That's sort of something you don't really think of when you're doing yeah. a rock and roll, like, poetry I magazine. I thought it, I was pretty flattered that they asked me to do it. It was pretty nice of them. Did you get a subscription to them, or, or did you pledge allegiance to the poetry magazine after that? No, I don't really know if it's a subscription magazine. It's just a quarterly, so I don't know if they do. I don't know. Nico, who is Victoria Renard? Uh, she is a photographer that I know. And she's taken some interesting photos. I was looking, and she's taken photos of Sir Mix-a-Lot. Yeah, she's a busy lady. And Criminal Nation, that hip-hop band from Tacoma. (laughs) Yeah, well, some of us are lucky. We get a photograph Criminal Nation. (laughs) And and she took a photograph of you, and then she also ended up auctioning your corset on the Internet. Well, it wasn't actually mine. It was hers. But I wore it once for a photo shoot. So it wasn't really my corset. But But it was interesting. Like, I call it a corset, but other people were saying they were auctioning Nico Case's undies. But are undies a corset? Can you call that? That's what they're saying. Nico Case's Uh, undies for sale. If you were to put it under the umbrella of underwear, it would fit in there. But if you were getting down to brass tacks, no. It's interesting. You know, gusset, if that's what you're getting at. (laughs) I guess so, yes. What is gusset? It's the crotch part of your underwear. One of the grossest words ever. I've never... Gusset. Gusset. Is that like the equivalent of taint or something like that? It would, it would be like your taint cover, I suppose. <laughs> and Nico Case, Victoria Renard also said, quote, about you when you post for QT magazine. I think that might have been the pick, right? Mm, I don't remember. Or one of the picks. It was the, it was the same photo shoot at, that we did for the calendar thing. They had a, a free calendar they gave out. Long Gone John's record company did. She had a little quote here. Disclaimer, Nico does not smoke. I made her do it for the photo because I'm one of the bad kids who uses peer pressure to bully and harass people. (laughs) Yeah, I don't smoke. 
<laughs> but she told you to smoke for the photo. I don't remember smoking in the photo, but I might have. I might have just held the cigarette. And Nico, I'm not sure if I've asked you about this, but I showed a picture of your earlier band, Mao, which I think is somewhere still there. Your band, Mao, got the honor of ending up in John Peel's jukebox. I know. That was very touching. That was legendary DJ John Peel had your first band, pretty much, first band on Wax, his first Canadian band, in his jukebox. Did you ever end up meeting John Peel or doing a Peel session as Nico Case at all? Yeah. Uh, we did one Peel session um, in London at uh, the Maida Vale Studios, and it was really fun. He was very nice. I remember the first thing he said was, I'm going to have Thai food, so when I return, I will be horribly flatulent. And then <laughs> he came back, and then I saw him a few months later at a Calexico show in, uh, I think it was Manchester, and it was very nice to see him, and then I heard that he had passed away. It was very sad. He's a very nice person. And it's quite an honor to get in his jukebox, and yeah, also for... Yeah, me. It, was, it freaked me right out. I was like... Mm. And also for him to come to your Peel session, because he doesn't always do that, does he, from what I understand? Well, he said he never really does, but he did. He came to the, to the Peel session. It was very nice. Rupert Bottenberg from Montreal says hi to you. Oh, how's he doing? Rupee. He was out here with his girlfriend, Lorraine Carpenter, who's also a writer. Mm-hmm. And he says hi to you. Yes. And for some reason, Nick Cave came up. Yes. Who you toured with. Yes, I did. And I said, Rupert, have you ever interviewed Nick Cave? And he said, no, because if you want to interview Nick Cave, you have to submit a list of the last 10 books you've read. Really? Yeah. That's an interesting way to weed people out, I suppose. And I guess I was wondering, what was it like when you played with Nick Cave? Did it look like there were a lot of book readers wanting (laughs) interviews with him? No, there was a lot of goth kids trying to get backstage. In fact, he probably does that because I think he has the most ravenous fans of any person I've ever seen. Uh, The first show we ever played with him was in Los Angeles, and uh, we were outside with our van, and I remember a young lady offered me $500 cash for my backstage pass, which I did not give up because that would be really bad, but she was freaking out. I've got to meet him! And then it was kind of fun. After a while, we figured out it was kind of good to stand near the backstage entrance because you would hear the arguments going on between the fans and the bouncers of why they needed to get in to see Nick Cave. Oh, my God, I have met him, like, two other times. You know, it, it was so funny. But if I, I wouldn't want that kind of attention, so I don't envy the man on that. Have you picked up any fans from Nick Cave at all? Did any of the Nick Cave audience come over to Nico at all? Can you see a Nick Cave fan in the audience when you're performing? I think so. Yeah, I mean, we were, we were wondering being on those tours if it was going to be hard because his fans, like I said, are super hardcore, but they were really welcoming and really great, so it worked out. And then we toured with him a bunch of other times after that, which was really nice. Nico, here you are winding up at the Stanley Park Singing... Exhibition. In Canada. Yes. You're on Anti Records. Now, Montreal band The Islands are on Anti, too. Have you met them at all? Have you met oh. the Canadians on Anti? Not yet. The Weaker Thans, too. So that's kind of cool that there's a bit of Canada getting yeah. repped on the Anti. Oh. Who is Mr. Anti? Mr. Anti? Well, it's uh, Brett from uh, Epitaph and then a guy named Andy Culkin. You've been doing a lot of Arizoning, haven't you? A lot of Arizonaning. Yeah, that's where I live. Are there a lot of Calgarians in Arizona? There's a lot of Canadians there. Yeah, in the wintertime they come. You can always tell the difference between the Canadians and the Long Islanders because the Canadians are really nice to the waitresses and the Long Islanders are really mean. Bring me that salad dressing when you return! A lot of that. So a lot of Long Islanders go there, eh? Yeah, it's like half Long Islanders, half Canadians. And Nico Case. For the Canadians. 
How about the TV the TV show Chick A Go Go? It's amazing the clip of you on YouTube on Chick A Go. What can you tell uh, the people? Can you explain a bit about that? That's an amazing public access show from well, Chicago. It, it's a kids show starring Mia Park and a rat named Ratso. And it's basically uh, it's kind of like Soul Train for kids. And you were on there performing Rated X by Loretta Lynn. Um, no, I think we did a Brown Eyed Handsome Man, uh, that Wanda Jackson song that I think. Who wrote that? It might have been Chuck Berry who wrote that. I can't remember. And you were all dressed up. Yes, like an idiot. No, it looked it amazing. Was fun. It was super fun. It's it an amazing, fun. amazing TV show. And I was mentioning Rated X, I think, because I was thinking, there's a go-go troupe out of Chicago that I saw called the Revelettes. Have you heard about them? Mm-mm. Like a female go-go troupe, and they actually do a go-go to Rated X. Really? Your version. Really? Yeah, do a little singing thing. Oh, that's nice. Which I thought was kind of neat because, you know, you starting kind of as the go-going. Did you start go-going before you started playing drums? Uh, probably around the same time. I thought that I think, was... I think they were kind of hand-in-hand, the go-going and the drumming. Have you kept up with any of the go-going? Have you done any go-going at all? Have you ever thought of it? Like, um, in all these gigs, you've been, like, you know, just suddenly done it, you know? Not really at the show, but after the show, sometimes there will be some go-going. Like, has anybody come up to you recently, like, Nico, you're a great singer, great guitarist and everything, but, you know, you're a good dancer, too. Where did you learn that? Has that <laughs> no, ever come I up? I don't really get that. Plus, go-going has kind of been replaced by karaokeing on the road, too. Not completely, but most of the time. The new pornographers are really big karaoke fans, so that's what we usually end up doing. Winding up here, Nico, you're playing with your own band here at the Stanley mm. Park Singing Exhibition. You're playing with the new pornographers tomorrow. Yeah. You also played with Porter Wagner. Who is Porter <laughs> Wagner? He is a country legend who used to have his own TV show called The Porter Wagner Show with Dolly Parton for years and years and years and years. And uh, he just passed away, sadly, a few months ago. But, yeah, we played a show with him right before his last record came out in uh, Los Angeles. He opened for you, didn't he? Well, he just came in and did a little guest spot. Did you play with him also, too? Did you play drums with him? No, no, that was Billy Bob Thornton who played drums with him. It was very surreal. It was Billy Bob Thornton and uh, Dwight Yoakam and Marty Stewart. <laughs> it was very strange, but it was, it was great. And he did uh, uh, Rubber Room, which is my favorite Porter Wagner song, which is, has the weirdest use of reverb ever in a song, but it was really great. Did you get to meet Billy Bob? Did he stick around for your show, or did no, he split? No, they split. Did you actually see them split or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't keep a celebrity at my show if I paid them. If I see a celebrity at the show beforehand, I actually see them leaving every time. <laughs> so Really? As you're performing, do you see stars, them leave? Stars don't dig us. Yes. Well, who's walked out on you, um, Nico Case? The last person I saw walk out was Mike Myers. <laughs> he had somewhere to be. So he came Jimmy to the opening Fallon, act or what was uh, it? Jimmy Fallon was also leaving too. Yeah. And as you were playing guitar... I don't remember what I was doing. I was just like, oh, there they go. <laughs> well, today everybody's going to be sticking around, right? Everybody's, because all this. I hope so. <laughs> you also did some gigs with Merle Haggard, didn't you? Did you play yeah. with Merle Haggard? Now that is the ultimate OG gangsta, isn't he? That was, and his OG gangsta band is all the original guys. And the guy who used to play with Lefty Frizzell, the guy who used to play guitar. So that was really exciting. And the really exciting part was, is at the end of the night... Not only had these guys been in the band for like 40 years and they played an amazing rock show, they drove the tour buses. His steel player and his drummer are also the tour bus drivers. And we asked him the next day, the steel player, we're like, Norm, what are you doing driving the bus? And he said, I'm an old guy. I'm retired. I need something to do. So these guys are just balls of steel. That's awesome. And they've been doing it like 50 years, haven't they? Yeah, they've been at it forever. Did they say anything to you about your style? Very, very loyal to his band. Did they say anything about your stuff, like your style of music at all? Like, hey, Nico, I remember, you know, anything like, did they, what did they, did they comment on you at all? Mm, 
know. We just we just were chummy with them and hung out and you know ate snacks and bullshitted mostly. Didn't we? Didn't really. Uh, I don't know. It was just it was just like a nice backstage rapport. It was really quite lovely. Merle Hiker, that's incredible. Yeah, wow, no Porter problem. Wagner. Who's left, Nico? Who's left? Like who's on a Nico wish list? Uh, let me see. Boy, I don't know. Loretta Lynn. Oh yeah, I would totally hang out with Loretta Lynn. Have you ever seen I, her perform? Did you see her with the yeah, white stripes or anything? Got, or? No, I got to see her years and years and years and years ago when I went to go see Dallas's dad's band um, play at the Havelock Jamboree. And I remember she was the first person I saw when I got to the festival. I got out of the car, and she was sitting in a car. And I looked at her, and she went, because she's really nice. And then we stuck around and saw her play, and... I wanted to say hi to her, but she was just being mobbed by people, and I thought the nicest thing I can do for Loretta Lynn is just to leave her alone. Actually, she's speaking swamped, of swamped, swamped by fans. Speaking of Dallas Goods band and his the Good Brothers, Dallas from the Sadies and all that. Just curious, in the states, are they well known at all? Like when you talk to say like Merle Haggard or you talk to Porter Wagner, do they know the Good Brothers? Do the Good Brothers do anything down there because they're sort of legendary here? Well, I don't. I don't know. I know that they all kind of knew each other from the Tommy Hunter show because they all were kind of involved in that. Dallas's mom used to sing on the, to- the Tommy Hunter show, too. So I know they all know each other. And, you know, the Good Brothers were on the Festival Express and all that, too. So a lot of classic bands definitely know the Good Brothers. I don't know how many American country fans do, though. I think people a little bit closer to the border. You know, I had the same experience growing up in northern Washington. All we had was CBC, so I was a huge Buffy St. Marie fan. Bring on the friendly giant. Exactly, and Mr. Dress Up. I was way into Mr. Dress Up, but... And Renee Samard. I thought Renee Samard was the foxiest guy in the world. I remember the episode with, uh, one of the, with the Hudson Brothers on. Well, thanks so much for your time, Nico Case. Really appreciate it. Anything else you want to add to the people out there about the Stanley Park singing exhibition here? Well, it's a beautiful day. Stanley Park, always a beautiful place to see anything, much less a show, and it's all for charity, so come on down. Well, thanks so much, Nico Case. Keep on rocking in the free world, and do-do-do-do-do. Do-do-do. Have the lovely and talented Miss Nico Case and her fabulous backup band. Yay! <laughs> your job, you better free that Beretta man. My Venus was a beautiful lass. She held the world in the palm of her hand. She lost both her arms in a wrestling match to get a brown-eyed handsome man. She fought and won herself a brown-eyed handsome man. On the game, it was a bright-eyed, handsome man. Okay, everybody's on the wrong way! Give me 
destination was a brown-eyed handsome man Won the game, it was a brown-eyed handsome man Bought and won herself a brown-eyed handsome man All right, thank you. Hey, let's take a minute and meet everybody here in your fabulous backup band. Hi, what's your name? Hi, I'm John Rawhouse. Hi, John. Can you tell the kids at home what this instrument is? Uh, this is a pedal steel guitar. All right, and uh, can you show us real quick how you play it again? Uh, you use a bar and you pluck it and move the pedals. All right, I think that's something the kids don't see every day. Thanks. Yeah. And, man, this smoking bass player over here, what's your name? Hogan. Hi, Hogan. Nice to see you. I like your shades. Where'd you get them from? Um, <laughs> Ace Hardware. <laughs> All right, that's a, that's a handy place to shop for shades. Hi, you're a great drummer, girlfriend. What's your name? Mitch. <laughs> hey, Mitch, how long have you been playing drums? Um... About five minutes. <laughs> it shows. Okay, let me work my way over here. Hi, let me back over here. Hi, what's your name? Sally. Sally, it's a really pretty guitar you have. Where'd you get it from? Um, guitar Center. Guitar Center. Well, that's not an endorsement, but thank you. And Miss Case, how are you? Good. Thanks, Mia. Thanks for coming on the show. We've been wanting to have you here for a long time. Thanks for having me. And I have to ask you the burning question that everybody wants to know about Nico Case. What's that? How do you like your eggs? I don't like eggs. Oh, no wonder nobody can get... No wonder anyone... Sorry. We can't get an answer from you because you don't like eggs. Oh, Sorry. Tofu scramble. <laughs> tofu scramble is more your speed, huh? I do like tofu scramble. Yeah. So Nico Case, live on chick a go, go an amazing public access TV show out of Chicago. chick a go, -Go. Nico Case with brown-eyed, handsome man on CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And before that, an interview with Nico Case. And you are listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. A few weeks ago, I did an interview with the band N-E-R-D. Now, Pharrell Williams, the leader of the band and his crew, have been interviewed hundreds and hundreds of times. So I was really surprised when he commented... Pharrell Williams, the rump shaker. Yeah. This is, this, is, this is one of the most impressive interviews I've ever experienced in my life. Seriously. I couldn't believe that Pharrell was digging the interview. After the interview, he said he really dug the interview even further. So I thought to myself, Pharrell, could you do me a favor? So, after the interview, I asked Pharrell if he could hook me up with Jay-Z. Because Jay-Z and N.E.R.D. were going to be playing the upcoming Pemberton Music Festival. Pharrell agreed! But in the months following, I didn't get any indication that the interview with Jay-Z would ever happen. In other words, I had completely and 100% totally lost hope. That was until the morning of the actual day of the gig when I got an email from Pharrell's assistant, Mick, saying that Pharrell would hook me up with Jay-Z. Now, suddenly, I got everything I could together, scrambled into action, got in my car, and then drove six hours 
to the Pemberton Music Festival. Usually, it's only like a two and a half hour drive, but there was extra traffic. It was excruciating. I'm sitting in the car, seeing helicopters fly over me. Buses go by, thinking, is that nerd? Is that Jay-Z leaving? Oh my God, what's going to happen? Finally, I got there to the Pemberton Music Festival. There was Sean Lala of Spectrum Events to help me get backstage to look for Pharrell. I get backstage... Because Nerd had played earlier in the day, again, they're backing up Jay-Z, and I discover that Pharrell was nowhere to be found. No Pharrell, nowhere. So I've come all the way to Whistler, and I can't find my hookup with Jay-Z. Luckily, Shay from the band N-E-R-D was kind enough to call Pharrell on his iPhone. The next thing you know, I'm speaking to Pharrell on an iPhone, and Pharrell's talking to me via his iPhone. Pharrell was off-site. Pharrell then emailed Jay-Z, called Jay-Z, and sent Jay-Z a text message and reminded him about the interview. And believe it or not, Jay-Z agreed to do an interview with me. The first thing that Jay-Z said to me when I saw him was that Pharrell had been calling him all day, asking him to do an interview with me. Amazing! Yeah, Pharrell, was, you come highly recommended. Oh, well, thank you. Well, it's an honor to speak to you. Calling a hundred times. It's a, sorry about that. I never, I, I never For, understood. <laughs> I didn't really understand it at first. It was like, you calling me to do an interview? What the yeah. fuck is that? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, he just said your really? knowledge is, is extensive. And he knows that I appreciate people that no matter what, what, what you do, whether, whether you paint, you paint uh, art or you make records or you do interviews or you're a writer, if you are really, truly good, good at your craft and you're good, he, he knows I'm excited by that type of shit. So he really... He wanted me to meet you, so, so here th- we are. Thank you, Pharrell. Don't, dis- don't disappoint him. Pharrell, thanks so much for making this happen. Here's my interview with Jay-Z. Who are you? Who am I? I'm a, I'm a young man from Marcy Projects who uh, really made um, the thing that, that thing that they say Amer- the American dream come true because I w- I'm not supposed to be here speaking to you. You know, there's a lot of people that come from where I come. There's a lot of skilled people who come from where I come who are who are not here right now. Yeah. You are Jay-Z. Oh, I, I thought you meant, like, who am I? I thought you I thought it was a deeper question. I think my name is Jay-Z, yes. <laughs> Jay-Z, welcome to the Pemberton Festival. Thank you, thank you. Right off the bat, speaking of going back to the early days of Jay-Z, what can you tell me, Jay-Z, about jazz and the early appearance of a young Jay-Z right there? Uh, to be very honest with you, you know, if you look at the, this is not your typical rapper right here. You know, this is this is not even my album. This is actually Jazz's album. But if you look on the back of this thing, um, these the cable rope and the four finger ring. You know, that was that cable was mine. That that Cobra was a friend of mine. His name was Dehaven. That was mine. That was mine. This anchor was mine. All that was my jewelry because I was a street guy. So you you never come into a game and already have all this type of, of thing. So I was an artist who come, you know, come highly recommended from the street. A real guy from the street. Is that your stuff on the front too, Jay, with the Panther? That's amazing. No, that's jazz. That's that's, that's no, that's not mine. But that that piece, if you look at it, look look, the piece is on him. Me is on him in the front. You know, so 
But he's, he, was he, that your first appearance on Wax, Jay-Z? No, actually, I was my first appearance on Wax was a song called uh, HP Gets Busy, High Potent MCs. It was like me, Jazz, and two other guys from the Marcy Projects. Jay-Z, I have another gift for you, although you probably already have a copy of that record. This poster right here, done by Kagan McLeod, a Canadian, feature... I know, she is sure my life. What is it? And you are represented right down here. Can you find yourself, Jay-Z? Right here, right here. I know who I am. Right next to Akinalian Exhibit. What do you think about this poster repping all the hip-hoppers that are favorites of Keegan McLeod? This is a Canadian gift for you. Can I have it? Yeah, that's for you. Oh, fuck. And also, check it out, Jay-Z, <laughs> on the back. Look at all. It gives a little description of everybody. Oh, almost like, uh... What do you think about the people that you've been grouped with here? I, I mean, anybody that I'm grouped with, I mean... Excuse me. I'm a supporter of hip-hop, so, you know, I support all these people. You know, that's great. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Jay-Z, when I interviewed Questlove of The Roots, he told me that for you to memorize something, you had to do it 18 times? Well, yeah, maybe, yeah. Repetition, you know, repetition. That, I mean, basketball players, that's why they practice every day still. They've been playing basketball their whole life, but they practice every day because, you know, repetition. The, the coolest thing about Jay-Z is that A, he's not lazy. That rhymes, that's crazy. No, he's not, he's not lazy. And um, I told him, if you wanna know all these songs, studies say that if you repeat anything 18 times in a row, it will instantly get committed to memory. So first he was like, oh man, I'll just do it like six times or whatever. No, but then he would forget certain things. I said, look, dude, if you do it 18 times in a row, we'll be straight. So we did a little schedule for like nine days before, four songs a day, you know, three hour rehearsal, take a break, three hour rehearsal, take a break. And then that's how he committed to memory. Is that the magic number, 18? Well, yeah, well, nah, I don't know if 18's the number, but you know. <laughs> how about 99? Is that the magic number, Jay-Z? Well, 99 problems, you know, that's, that, that's pretty much. And what I was wondering was, did that song originally come from Brother Marquis or Ice-T, Jay-Z? Yeah, that, that actually, was it Marquis or Ice-T? I thought it was Ice-T, yeah. So Ice-T and Brother Marquis helped with the 99 problems? Well, they helped, they invented it, you know. I just, I just follow tradition. Ice-T, one other thing I was wondering about was 99 Problems. Yeah. What's the history of that song? That's your song. Jay-Z took it. And now apparently there's some links to Two Live Crew. What happened was, the true story is, uh, Brother Marquise made that comment one time. I was with him and he was like, you know, I got 99 problems in the bitch ain't one. So I thought, I was like, man, we can make a record off of that. So we called Marquise up, flew him out to L.A. We, me and him did the record together, paid him, everything was cool. And uh, that was that. Uh, years later, Jay-Z hears the record from Rick Rubin, decides he wants to remake it, makes, remakes the hook, and does it. Then Marquise comes back and hears Jay-Z did it and decides he wants more money, but all the money was already paid out. Uh, I didn't get any publishing from it because I had a publishing deal at the time. So he decides, you know, he wanted to sue me and all kinds of nasty stuff, which friends shouldn't do to each other. But that's the true story. So nothing's happened since then. You know, it's kind of water under the bridge. But, you know, the first 99 Problems was done by myself and Brother Marquise from Two Live Crew. Lastly here, Jay-Z, here you are at the Pemberton Festival. At the Glastonbury Festival, you covered some Oasis. Yeah. Are you going to be covering any Canadian classics? Are you down with the Canadian classics? Well, well, you know, I didn't really have any problems with the Canadians. You know, the Glastonbury thing was a great thing because it was uh, this huge uh, 
wasn't really a backlash. It was it was just you know a couple people stating their opinion, opinion of, you know who they thought should play Glastonbury. And Noel was actually vocal about it, so it just happens. You know. But do you, do you have cool. any Canadian classics like Mike Still Fresh West, Cardinal? Any covers you can do? Any Canadian songs? No, I, no, I'm just gonna do my set. It's to, you know go out and have fun. Well, thanks for your time, Jay Z. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? You know, just uh, you know. We appreciate, you know, being here, and we, 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 we love the opportunity. And if you guys could help out, like, the, the whole Canadian culture, tell the guys at the, uh, at the um, customs to ease up a little bit, seriously. Well, thanks much, Jay-Z. Uh, Keep on rocking in the free world, and do 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 Yeah. Uh, almost, Jay-Z. do 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah! <laughs> Yo, what's up, Jay-Z? Yo, what's up, Jazz? Ain't nothing to tell you, you know. A lot of fronters out here trying to rock a whole triplet style. You know what I'm saying? We have none of that, all right? Uh, Originators is here. With us, more of the kick a little something. You heard us? I'm too late, right? Yeah, but what I want you to do to kick it. My rhyme and the singers that niggas are floatable, living in luxury and it's affordable. No other brother is better than me, the J, the A, the Z. The cream of the crop on the top of the top. The suckers are trying to stop the bigger, the bigger, the bigger, the four. So the hip hop, they never come in, they never come in, no, no, not this year. They go on the day, I'm ready to see, I'm a jerk, tears. Operator, pushing the data. I'm talking about info, attack, it's just a stumbling and bumbling off the intro. So take it a step at a time, this dope rhyme. Be making a note that it's profound by your skill, mind. This is a wonderful writers. Stealers and robbers and sucker residers, call it a night before you roam. Don't Try to sit home, decided I'm using, I'm here to abuse. The garbage that I can refuse, divvy it up because I'm here to collect my dues from all of you. This ain't no cartoon drama, caper, pass the paper. Your mind's in a day, tiger than a skyscraper. I'm teaching and reaching and preaching and showing and flowing and growing and blowing the rest of the best right out of the box. I shoot the funk, the sweat, socks, I obliterate and I devastate. Do you want to go ahead to head down to you for that great? Make it a date, never a conflict over the bait to calling me Cersei. You're sucky, you're fucky, you're pussy, you're pussy, nobody can burst me. The jazz is pushing the power, you two bucks an hour, unable, mentally unstable. You gotta get in it, breathing only when it lets no sweat. I settle the step with these in. Stop thinking you're making it, son. I'm breaking and breaking and breaking your tongue. Don't get caught perpetrating the cool ones. Figure it, bigger and better and better and baby, let's face it. We be happy, flowing faster than rabbits. Try to race it. The lyrical river grind, if even until it drops you. Crazy seek spiritual hope from Jazz and Jay Z. Standing in all your songs, the best of more, the rest will fall. Because if I want, just like on the board, you think it's a poor song because we're greater. And we are thinking the thinking the thinking the thinking the the originators were.
you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and an Ardwardy Human Serviette Radio Show. And that was Jazz, the originators featuring Jay-Z. And before that, an interview with Jay-Z, and Jay-Z was commenting on a jazz record that Jay-Z appears on in the interview. TN and Ardwardy Human Serviette Radio Show, we are going to play Thor from... Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada's classic 1985 re-release live in Detroit. Canadian heavy metal legend Thor's unreleased, now released on CD, live in Detroit from 1985. But before that, a little side note about the Jay-Z interview. After hooking me up with Jay-Z, Pharrell was interviewed by the guys from the Straight Straight Goods radio show, Flip Out and Jay Swing. And they, believe it or not, brought my name up and Pharrell had something to say about me. Here it is. And then Canada's metal legend, Thor. Again, this is from the Straight Goods radio show with Flip Out and Jay Swing. You can check out their show at thosemfs.com. Thosemfs.com. From the Straight Goods radio show, it's Pharrell Williams of the band N.E.R.D. who set up my Jay-Z interview. Thank you again, Pharrell. And then, of course, some Thor. Is there a real group, CRS, or... Where are you getting all this bad information from? Uh, uh, from Nardwar. <laughs> it's his leftover questions. <laughs> uh, Nardwar's a great guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, but so, Pharrell, I just want to know, um, is it a coincidence that you did a song with Jay-Z? <laughs> yeah, he's a great guy. Wow, that was a good impression. Nah, Nardwar is my man. I, if he... Yo, he should have his own cartoon. He is his own cartoon. He has his own show for years. I know, but I mean, like his own full-out like cartoon. He's a he's a funny guy. He needs his own like like variety show. I'm sorry. He is a local legend. He's a legend here in the in the. Well, he needs to be a worldwide legend because he's for super real. talented. Yep. Super duper talented, and we we're, we're we're fans of his. And I actually like my assistant showed me a couple of um, interviews online on YouTube. Yep. Classic, classic material. Him and Buster Rhymes is classic. Him and Snoop Dogg was good, too. Yeah, that was good. Um, when are we going to see Nardwar in an NERD video? Because in your interview, you mentioned that. Or yeah, we wanted to do it, but you know what? We ended up shooting it in London, and, you know, it was just time constraints and everything else. But we want to do it, though, for sure. He's, he's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> 
Do any of you get much music at all by satellite? Well, this song is on rotation on much music right now. It's called Knock 'em Down from our new album out right now on Viper in Canada and on Enigma in America. And we hope MTV's gonna play this new video. This song is called Knock 'em Down.
following is a live presentation of CITR News.